You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Completely Fucking Clueless podcast. My name is Sarah Alice Liddy. And my name is Audrey Jean Flowers, and we both use she, her pronouns. That we do. We are back with another Pride episode. We are so I excited. Mean, with this podcast, every episode's a Pride episode. Every episode oh. is celebrating the queers. However, especially this month, we just want to highlight LGBTQ experiences. You want to know what my dad said when I... I, I kept propping him asking him what month it was on the first day of June. He was like, I don't know. And I was like, it's pride month. And he went, you guys get a whole month. And I went, fuck you. We should get a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, we have an incredible guest on the pod today. Her name is Natalie Cass. She's fantastic. You may know her from TikTok. She also has a YouTube and she also does self-love coaching for people mm-hmm. with chronic illnesses and I think she just does it in general now as mm-hmm. well and we've been following her for quite some time because we really relate to her femme queer content mm-hmm. and so we were super excited to have her on the pod today and we really hope y'all enjoyed this episode. It was honestly so much fun. We had my cheeks hurt. I laughed and smiled a lot. So much laughing and smiling. I hope you laugh and smile too. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. So enjoy this episode with Natalie Cass. We're super excited today because we have a very special guest, Natalie Cass. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I know. We've been following you for so long. Honestly, I feel like you were one of the first like couple of people in the like influencer world, queer influencer world that we got to know when we started the podcast. Oh, that makes me yeah. so happy. <laughs> yeah. How has your Pride Month been so far? Oh my God, it's been really good. I haven't done anything in particular like crazy. Sacramento Pride was last weekend and my friends and I were like sort of going to try to go and then we were just like, Never, Never mind. mind. And we just all hung out instead. We're like, it's fine. We're all gay. It's basically still like going to Pride. <laughs> it's your own little tiny Pride. Literally. Exactly. A little mini Pride. <laughs> I know. Next week is NYC Pride. So oh that's going to be a super fun moment. It's though it's in June and it's like freaking hot outside. I was going to say, I bet. I'm yeah. going to die. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, just go in your swimsuit at this rate. Like I, I do wear as little clothes as yeah. I can. And yes. I wear a sports bra because I can sweat. <laughs> yeah, literally. You're like, it's made for that wick away. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Literally, literally. No one's going to want to flirt with me. I'm going to smell horrible <laughs> from sweating. I will say, though, Henrietta Hudson, which is like one of the more like predominantly female queer bars in New York City, they do a spectacular oh. job with air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, they got amazing. that shit on hot. Like, Love blasting it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is... This is queer world. It's always this is what I know it's run by women. They were like, <laughs> yeah, let's not all sweat to death. Literally, Wait, that's through so our outfits. True. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. And this episode is going to come out during Pride Month as oh, well. And so we're just so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so yeah. excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So you went to college in Oregon, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's start off with like, we're a very 20s focused podcast. Let's start off yeah. with the beginning of your 20s before you'd come out. Can you give us a rundown of like where you were at, like sort of end of college as like a person mm. and like sort of where you at emotionally with yourself and with your sexuality? 
Oh my god, yeah. It's so funny looking back. I feel like I've been having such weird like age existential crises later because I'm 27 and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like getting older. So I've been like reflecting so much on my 20s. Um, and so yeah, like early 20s, nearing the end of college, I feel like it was just really rough for me. And looking back, a lot of it was probably like just obviously not being my authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, but I graduated with my bachelor's in mass communication. I was like super set on, I thought like going into like corporate PR or journalism, like climb the corporate ladder, like all of that. And then I got diagnosed with a chronic illness, like right before I graduated and got like really sick. So that was kind of, it was like a blessing in disguise because it made me reconsider. I was like, okay, maybe the corporate world's not super for me. I don't know how I would balance that with my health. So I like moved home for a while. And that's actually where like running my own business and doing social media kind of mostly blossomed because I had started a blog in college and then like living at home and not really having a plan. It was like, I just like put a ton of time and effort into it and started my business and was like, okay, we're working for ourselves. It gave me this flexibility to, you know, focus on my health and like getting better and all of that. And during all of that, oh my God, I was just dating. I was dating so many men. I was on all the apps. I was going on all the dates. I was like, I was like getting guys numbers at coffee shops. I was like doing it. And obviously it was just all, oh God, it was just all a shit show though, because I'd go on like one date, freak out, get the ick, or I'd date a guy for like a month, like freak out, get the ick. Like I just was, and I was just like, what is wrong with me? Like, I feel like I spent so much of my early 20s just literally being like, literally, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm really putting in the effort to date. Like, what is wrong with me? Um, silly little brain was just, t- was a little, it was just a little slow with figuring it out. Your um, brain wasn't finished developing. Exactly. Literally. It's okay. I'm like, that's how you say it. I'm like, I'll forgive myself. <laughs> um And so I, at that point, really, because I had questioned my sexuality first when I was like 12. That's when I was like, oh something's going on. And then I said, no, 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 that is, whoa, no, you know, and there wasn't like representation. Like, I didn't know I could know that at that age. I also didn't know like femme lesbians existed. So I was like, I love pink and ballet. Like I can't be like, I actually can't be gay. So I just said, never mind. Um, so it wasn't then until like 2020, which I think I was like 24 then. I don't even know. Um, that's when I like actually started questioning again because I just had so much time on my hands and I downloaded TikTok and they were just tossing content and all the queer content was sticking, of course, because I was such a good ally. <laughs> That's what I told I myself. I was shocked at how quickly TikTok figured out I was gay. It was no. one of the first things it figured yes. out about me. I was like, how have you, how did you know before? The amount of people I've also <laughs> talked to that were like, no, like literally TikTok's the reason I knew I was gay. I was like, that is why we love TikTok <laughs> because literally same. Without TikTok, I could still be out there dating so many that's so funny no I feel you so much when you said like when you were younger and you know you're very femme and you like pink and ballet and you were like I must not be gay because let me tell you that is some of the same thought processes that I had when I was younger and had been experimenting I was like you know because at that time especially like when I was in high school the only queer representation I knew was like Ellen. And I was like, yes. well, I'm not like Ellen. Like I am not in this quote unquote butch or type of box. So right. I must not be gay. I must yeah. like, you know, I must like have these feelings for, you know, people of different genders. Um, I mean, people of the same genders or different genders, but like, I'm a, I'm a girly girl. It was I, so right. confusing. I've only had yeah. someone in high school. Like, I think I was, out but I, I wasn't super loud about it and I like right. I, I went to an arts high school very fucking right. progressive but right. someone told me very casually offhand and immediately they weren't someone who's close to me they I don't think knew that I was gay right they're like oh you're not passively gay and then just like, oh. we moved on with the conversation and I was like okay. mm, that's gonna haunt me for another couple yeah. of years 
<laughs> Literally, you're like, that is just going to echo in there. There is the trauma right yeah. there. You're like, I've I pinpointed it. That girl's face. I remember if I run into it's her. It's burned. It's burned in. Oh, no. No, that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> but so post-grad, you moved to Portland, I believe. Um, which I, is a... Sorry. Well, I was after home. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're the, it's like a very present queer community. And how did that affect your relationship with your sexuality between like that and TikTok? Did that sort of make you more inclined to come out or less? Definitely. I think if I hadn't moved to Portland that I would have figured out, I say quickly, it was not quick, but like quicker from the point of being like, okay, I'm questioning to being like, okay, I'm like ready to maybe like change what my apps are preference. And um stuff like that because it's actually funny so I had already planned to move to Portland but then also started dating a guy who lived in Portland so I was like this is perfect a guy I went to college with I was like this is going to be amazing and so I moved down and as then I was in Portland and I like there was just so many more outwardly queer people mm-hmm. and I remember I went to like my favorite smoothie shop one day and the worker was like for sure gay and I was like oh no I was like it was like my re-gay awakening and I was like so I like told my boyfriend I was like I think I maybe am bisexual. And he was like, I can see that. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, tell me everything. I was like, what no do you mean? Way. Yeah. And he was just like, what oh, did like, he say? Oh my God. Well, he was saying, he's like, well, I just feel like I'm not your normal type. And I was like, yeah, I guess not. Cause he was just kind of like straight and narrow, like business, like, you know, uh, like not in, yeah. he's like in sales, like just man. <laughs> And he was like, I don't know. I feel like your normal type is like kind of more feminine men. So like, I just kind of was like, you know, he's like, it just kind of makes sense. I was like, oh, okay. And then he broke up with me and I was like, this is my time to shine. Like this is when I need, you know, I was like, okay. So I like went back. I was at that smoothie shop again one day with my best friend and we were leaving. And I was like, Lauren, I need to open a can of worms with you. She was like, okay. And I was like, I think I like girls because I have a fat crush on that girl. And she was like, oh my God, can I, she was like, can I tell you something? I was like, yeah, she's like, I think I like girls. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God. This is always how it happens. Yes. Let me tell you, I had the same experience with my big from college. She went after college and uh, I forget Copenhagen. She was working in Copenhagen, came out and I was like, wait, I have to tell you something. When I was younger, I dated a girl. I all this stuff pushed it down, and now you're reawakening it in me. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! And it's like so special when you get to like having that conversation. I just feel like we were already best friends, but that like solidified. Us. Sure. So I really feel like oh. Portland was just a huge like transition for, for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is like the queer? I I don't know much about the queer scene in Portland. What does it like look like? Is there a lot of like queer bars or just like queer owned like small businesses? Yeah, tons of yeah queer owned small businesses like uh, gay bars and just like a lot of the shops will just like showcase queer artists or like the yoga studio that was like around the corner for me did like free queer yoga every Tuesday and like there was just like a lot of. I think also like you just look around and there are just so many queer couples. Like obviously there are also a lot of queer couples that may pass as straight. So, but like ones that you can look at and you're like, you are clearly like of the same gender or whatever. So it's just kind of like, you just also see it everywhere. So it feels just very like, kind of like a little bubble. Like you just feel very safe and comforted because you're like, nice, we're literally all gay. This is amazing news. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's like very prominent there. 
Yeah. I feel like the representation and seeing it is like so important. I'll never forget when I like saw a like woman loving woman couple. We, my partner and I were at a queer uh, museum, art museum, Mm -hmm. and they had a child and like, you know, some having children is something I've always really wanted. And like seeing that for me, for like for the first time since I came out in 2020 was like a a huge moment for me I was like okay like this is real people are doing it like I can do it too yeah totally it 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 shows you this like possibility that you're like oh like I yeah like I can do that it kind of gives you permission to also be authentic when you see other people living that way yeah yeah and so like what were some of like in your coming out journey what were some of the big moments of you internally realizing like, okay, I am not straight. I am mm-hmm. gay. I think this process, it, these thought processes are yeah. so interesting. And I think a lot of our listeners, you know, have told us they're like, I'm questioning, but I don't understand. So can yeah. you walk us through like some of the things that were happening for you internally at that time? Yeah, totally. One of the like first, because of course, like watching TikToks or whatever, and kind of noticing attraction or hearing other people's thoughts on like comp het and things like that, where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. But I, I had never really couldn't remember besides from when I was like 12 and like looked at a girl and was like, why do I have these feelings in my stomach? <laughs> I hadn't really ever now looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, that girl hides that like you weren't just really intrigued by her. That was literally a crush. But yeah. um, the one of the moments was during the pandemic, I like went to this coffee shop and the female barista was like flirting with me. And like, I kind of noticed it. Like at first I was like, oh my God, she's just being like so nice. And then I was like, oh. Cause then I could see like her barista friend was like kind of looking at her and then I was like, oh my God, like, and I like, I got in my car and this is still when I'm like, no, 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 but you're straight. You're just like a little confused. And I was like, I should come back at the exact same day and time next week to see her. And I was like, honey, that was like the first time I was like, okay, let's like think about this because if yeah. you, if there was no interest, like, you know, but there was still just right. so many layers of comp head, it was hard for me to like push through that. And then I feel like the other biggest moments was honestly just when I like, took the leap and started dating women which is like so scary because I was like what if like I was like I feel like I've discovered this about myself but like what if I then go on a date with a girl or she kisses me and I'm like oh wait like never mind you know and so that just like first date with a woman and like kissing her was just like so affirming to be like oh shit like that's how I'm supposed to feel after a first date and that was because at first I thought I think there's a lot of people I was like oh I must be bisexual because I've dated 7,022 men so I have to be I'm like that has to have meant something and then once I actually started dating women, I was like, oh, no, no. And I started working with a queer, th- like, I started working with a queer therapist. And she was like, no, like, honey, like, she's like, have you heard of compulsive heterosexuality? I was like, a little. She was like, okay, you're like the spitting image. I'm like, what? You're the poster child. <laughs> I think having a queer therapist is so life-changing. I didn't yes. intentionally seek one out. But like, in so many small ways, it's truly so wonderful. And like, mm-hmm. it's just nice that they just get it as opposed yes. to like trying to explain or like I even referenced like, I reference like memes to explain <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. how I'm feeling and she'll get them. Yes. <laughs> See, totally. I need this in my life. This is like a goal I have my for myself before I turn 26. I really because I even though I have been out since 2020, and I've been in this amazing relationship for three years, I still really mm-hmm. struggle with internalized homophobia. Yeah. And like, just really looking like being so like the heterosexual norms just being like yes. so pushed into me. So I can imagine that like the experiences you've had with your queer therapist have just like really, 
you know, helped you. Can you like talk about that actually? Like what has it been like working with the queer therapist, especially like when you were like coming out and just like dealing with all these really confusing thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's so funny. The first one I worked with, she was technically a, a relationship coach and I started seeing her before I started dating women. And I told her, I was like, I think I'm bisexual. I don't know. And then kind of the same thing. She was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm queer. And I was like, Oh my God, I literally didn't know that. So it was kind of perfect timing. And I nice. was mostly working with her because I have like raging anxious attachment. And I was like, it gets, I was like, Oh, but I also think I must be avoidant. Cause when I'm like with men, like I just get like really icked out and avoidant, whatever. And so it was just like, so helpful. Cause she was the one that then was like, okay, like you're actually not avoidant at all. You're simply gay. <laughs> like that is actually <laughs> what's going on here. Um, and so I worked with her for a while and it was really helpful. But then since her, I had two actual therapists who are queer and it's just so helpful. Cause like you were saying, like also not feeling like you have to hold anything back when I talk about, mm. you know, my ex-girlfriend when we were dating or talking about like sex or anything, I don't have to yeah. like, oh, are they going to feel awkward? Because like, they, even if they say they're accepting and they're an ally, like they don't get it or they don't know, or maybe yes. that still makes them feel uncomfortable because they haven't had that experience. So it's just really nice to know you can be like so unfiltered and so real and raw. And I think they can bring in perspectives you don't even, like, I didn't even realize sometimes like the things I would say and then her being like, that's internalized homophobia. I'm like, I would not yeah. have known. Like, I just thought my brain was a little screwy, you know? Uh, <laughs> so helpful. Yeah, I feel like that's like the biggest takeaway is sometimes like, I don't even understand when that internalized mm-hmm. homophobia is coming in. And so mm-hmm. like, I think, like you said, like that having that other queer, you know, person, and especially them being a therapist and having all the training and the certifications and everything, it like really, you know, helps bring you like to the next step of like, oh, wait, like, these are the thoughts I should recognize and all of that. Because it can be hard to do that by yourself. Totally. Absolutely. I think too, if it's like internalized for a reason, like you don't really even realize so many of the ways your brain works. And that's what's so helpful to have a therapist, like call you out a little bit in like a gentle way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, then you, you started meeting with this therapist and now Mm -hmm. like you're coming out. So how did that, you know, process go for you? I think everyone has their own, you know, coming out story, like let us into that. And how did you feel coming out? Totally. I always say, I feel like I had a very like privileged coming out journey Mm. because I, I knew right away that like my family was a safe place to come out and I knew they'd be excited for me. Yeah. And so it's funny because I first came out to my parents as bisexual. I like got this card on Etsy. I don't even remember what it said anymore. And I remember I was home visiting, I think it might've been like Pride Month of 2021. And I kept waiting for this perfect moment. And then finally one night, my brother and his wife were like out of the house. And I was like, mom, dad, like I have something for you. And I like had them open it and they were just like so happy. And, you know, they had some Aww. questions or whatever. And sure. then I, you know, told my brother and his wife the next day. And he like literally cried like happy tears. Like everyone was, I know I was like, and my Nana, like everyone was just so, I was like, I think I'm the new favorite grandchild. I was like, my Nana it's loves life. me. Yes. Literally she's like gay <laughs> granddaughter. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't come out like, I would say come out publicly. Like, I feel like people don't have to do that, but I had my like business and I wanted to come out like on that Instagram and like Mm. come out on social media. And so I didn't actually come out publicly until I, I was like already dating someone. And, um, I feel like that helped because she was really supportive and I felt like more comfortable than kind of announcing it to the world. And I was scared. You never know on the internet. And I didn't get a single hate comment on you know, I lost some followers. I was like, whatever, good riddance. But, you know, it was even an easy process coming out there. And like, you know, 
people were just very receptive to it. And I feel like nothing changed that much from like before I came out to after, but it just felt so affirming to be like, everyone knows now, like everyone knows, um, you know, getting to even post, you know, when I was dating her on my story the first time, like, oh, now everyone from high school, like, you know, it was just, it was fun. Like, honestly, coming out for me felt really fun, which I know is, again, such a privilege. But yeah, I I loved the process. Like, I thought it was really fun once I, like, had figured it out and got to then, like, be that full expression of myself. I just loved it. Yeah. I remember when I, well, (laughs) I told my sister, not intentionally, or I have a lot of sisters, but the sister right above me. Um, it's cause she referenced me being straight and I think I was already out with all my friends at high yeah. school and I went, no, I'm not. And she went, oh my God, why haven't you told me that makes you so much more interesting? She's also gay. <laughs> oh and my God. I was like, you fucker. <laughs> you yeah, you're fish. like, I hate you, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, like absolutely respect saying that, but fuck yeah. you, what a bitch. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I shook everyone. Like, I think I like really, yeah. because I always had this theory and it was proven true when I came out. Um, my mom was like, do, do you think that I knew? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, I knew. Um, oh. Yeah. And I literally, I was like, I, I, I felt like my parents knew, but like boys was sort of like afraid to, but I got to say once it like, I kind of told my family and like really close friends first. And then like eight months later posted on social media about it and came out to the world. Um, but I feel like ever since coming out, like there is just like this weight lifted off. Mm -hmm. Like I held it in, like you hold it in for so long or like, yeah, like you hold it in for so long. And then when it's finally out there, like you're truly, like you said at the end of your story, like you're just like the fullest form of Mm -hmm. yourself, like the most authentic version, at least I felt. And so it's like, it, it like, it's this freeing feeling. And it's like you said, privileged feeling of being like, I have the support around me and I finally just like get to be myself. Yeah. Totally. I couldn't agree yeah. more. That's totally how yeah. it felt. That's amazing. I love hearing queer joy. That's like my new yeah. thing is queer yes. joy. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> like I've, been, I've been talking, my partner and I talk about it a lot and just like spreading it and just like mm-hmm. really listening to the stories that are joyous because sometimes like it can be, not sometimes, a lot of the times it's like painted in this very yeah. negative light when it comes mm-hmm. to the queer journey. Especially right now, there's a lot of hate and violence towards yeah. queer people happening in the world and more than ever or not more than ever but more than in recent history in this country and i think it's it's hard to focus on the positive parts of it when there's so much fear happening right now yeah absolutely totally that's like i just have been thinking about that a lot like i feel like this pride month in particular there's just been so much like backlash and like the target stuff everything and obviously all the you know laws against trans folks and it's just can totally feel so overwhelming and like constantly being bombarded especially with how much access we have with tiktok yeah. and social media and the news and news apps and it can feel like all we see and it's like so nice to remind ourselves sometimes like also there's so much joy in being queer and being yourself and like um it can feel hard to do that but it's so helpful it has very much reminded me of like pride started as uh, it's, at least from the history that I've read is it started more of like as a mourning for like all mm-hmm. the people being mm-hmm. lost in AIDS like it wasn't the celebration and parade that it is right. now like it was a group a time for everyone to get together and mourn all that they had lost every single yep. year totally. um and I I do feel like this this year's pride feels like emotionally like it's really harkening back to that totally absolutely yeah. I couldn't agree more yeah Yeah. Well, going back to your coming out story, you know, something I think is really interesting about your journey that a lot of 
queer women, I think, go through is you come out as bi and then a little bit later or a couple years later, wherever you may be, you uh, may come out as lesbian. And Mm -hmm. I'm just curious about what that process was like for you, you know, navigating Mm -hmm. that and sort of figuring it out for yourself. Like what like kind of clued you into like, wait, I don't think I'm actually bisexual. I think I'm fully lesbian. Yeah, totally. I think for me, that was like figuring out I liked women was so much easier than figuring out I actually didn't like men. And I think mm. a big piece of that was I had just dated men for so long. And like, like I said, I was always dating. Like, I think also I just like shook people when I came out. So they're like, no, but you're boy crazy. I'm like, no, I just was trying so hard because nothing felt right. And so I would just date and date and date because I thought that was my only option. And so I came out as bi because I still, yeah, it was like, oh, well, I've dated men, so I must like them. And it was when I then started dating my ex-girlfriend that I was like, oh, like that I've literally never in my life felt this way with a single one of my exes. And I've had so many of them, like that has to mean something. And mm-hmm. um, I just started kind of with that relationship coach looking at kind of all these signs of like, oh, I would always joke to my mom and be like, okay, when I'm married one day, like my husband literally has to be my neighbor. Like I can't fucking live with a man that's disgusting. I was like, at least I'll have to have my own bedroom. And she would always be like, okay, honey. Like that's weird. <laughs> you know, she'd be like, concerning. Like, okay. And I just like would get the ick so easily. And I would just get like very overwhelmed. Like I had mm-hmm. a long distance boyfriend. He came and visited for like, I don't know, 24 hours. And he left my apartment and I just, started like bawling. So I was like, ew, get like, literally get out. That was way too much energy. And I was like, oh, I must just be super introverted. Like, that's what it is. Then I met my girlfriend. I was like, spend every second with me. Like literally never leave. Let's like, you know, I was like, let's you haul. We didn't. Well, we sort of did. (laughs) Um, And I just never felt that way. And it also, I always said, which is like maybe a niche thing, but I always felt like when I dated men that it was almost like I was watching it from above. Like I was like watching myself in this weird little rom-com and I'd have to like tell myself like, oh, like the script, like, oh, he flirted, like you need to flirt black or like, oh, he he's laughing because you did something cute. Like you have to giggle or like, oh, he's like trying to kiss you. Like you, like I would have to like in my brain, like be telling myself like, do yeah. this. Like, this is what's the next thing. And like do this. And it, nothing was natural. Like it was all like robot, like programmed into me. And when, just when I started dating, my ex, I was just like, oh, like you actually don't have to like, I don't have to tell myself to flirt or tell myself to laugh or tell myself to, you know, act a certain, act a certain way. And so that is just what really kind of clued me into that with like a million other signs as well. But those were just some like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like that's, uh, interesting like thought process to mm-hmm. me is you know because a lot of people will talk about this as like coming out as bi and then like you know switching your label and I think that is like perfectly fine like I mm-hmm. think we're all of the age where we know that sexuality is fluid but um that's that's super interesting I had kind of the opposite experience I like when I first no- like not first noticed but in high school I was like I'm into women and I didn't really know bisexuality was a thing mm-hmm. And so I was like, but I know I'm into men, so it must not be anything. And then I literally remember the moment that someone who lived in my dorm told me they were bi. And I was like, oh, that's an option. I can do that? I can, like, all of them? All of them? Like, like anybody I want? Yes. Like, like, that was groundbreaking to me. I was like, what a brilliant idea you've come up You're with. Like, I figured that out. <laughs> I feel like that happened to me in college. I was taking this like women's uh, sex and gender class. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when we talked about like sexuality being a spectrum and I was like, wait, what? 
what is this and we talked about like all the different identities and like how like like you can really like just say like be labelless and i kind of like that idea people fucking hate it let me tell you when i tell people that like i have my partner is non-binary and i like will say to people like yeah i'm like kind of like bi or pan but like i kind of just keep it open people are like stop you have to be in a box choose one (laughs) and it's so perplexing to me like i know i very much you said that too but it's just i'm like people are really hot why i don't get how not everyone gets that yeah people will be hot you're like why would i close myself off yeah people be hot it's so interesting i love it i love like it's interesting like looking at my parents and my grandparents and i'll tell them that like sexuality is a spectrum and they're just like so like like, the number of friends (laughs) who i have who family members particularly women have said things of being like yeah of course all like all women find other women attractive it's like like, okay so if you all just grew up like 20 years later you would Mm -hmm. be very gay yeah literally i'm like oh okay yeah sure (laughs) no sweetie that's called being gay i bet there are a lot of boomers that are like bi and gay like there has to be I oh, mean, so like, many. gay people weren't yeah. just invented. They've been around forever. And I mean, like, Ooh, in my own family, my dad's sister had the same roommate for 30 years. And oh, it yeah, took yeah, till yeah. he my mom. She first met them first time. It was like, so they're a couple. And my dad went, no. He, oh, he honestly didn't think. He honestly didn't think. It never crossed his brain. He's like, like, I love them as besties. That's amazing. <laughs> and they'd lived together for like 20 years. And it's like, Jeffrey, you're dumb you're so dumb it's it's okay you're a silly little boy (laughs) and Lori got it first time she was like yeah no obviously they're very obviously in a relationship they're in love like duh (laughs) like come on dumb bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness and also we have a lot of listeners like i said that you know have been questioning their identity um and you know from your experience coming out in your mid-20s what advice would you give to people who are also like in their 20s right now questioning who they are and are struggling to get through it totally i a big thing i tell people a lot when they ask this is like because their first thing is like do i just like jump into dating the gender i think i might like like that feels scary mm-hmm. and what if i don't yeah. and then i feel like i use it like and i would say like try inserting yourself in like whether it's like queer spaces or i would say mm-hmm. like read queer novels listen to queer artists like watch queer movies and shows because that was something i first started doing before even dating women was like reading all the lesbian romance novels and listening to you know girl in red and fletcher and like all and i could tell from that like i would read a book and be like i would get so excited reading it in the way that like you know i would read straight romance novels my whole life and i just be like okay kind of boring and i would be like this is so exciting like i feel seen and that's kind of made me be like okay i feel more comfortable now kind of like going out and actually dating women because I've kind of tried to develop just myself as a queer individual before maybe mm. bringing other people into that like I I felt like that was just super helpful like queer media um, and also like following queer creators because hearing their experiences helped me feel more confident in my own because it's so easy to to like just like gaslight yourself like no, no no you don't like women you're making it up and then hearing other people I'm like oh I've had that exact same experience like okay I'm not I'm not the only one um, but also knowing there's no shame if you just try out the dating thing and also if it doesn't you're like oh never mind like maybe yeah. I'm confused and other you know like it happens and I think as long as you're open with people that you're dating like there's nothing wrong with that 
Yeah. What are your favorite queer novels? Oh my God. Literally so many. I really love Honey Girl. That's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, Delilah Green doesn't care and Astrid Parker doesn't fail. They're like a, a what's that called? A first and a sequel? I don't know. <laughs> um, Yes. Like pre- not a trilogy. Prequel? Sequel? Yeah. That, something <laughs> like that. Oh, a duology. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Those are some. And then if anyone listening likes fantasy, Crier's War is a really good queer fantasy. And that was like really sweet to read because in the like, you know, made up little fantasy world, it was like normal, like queerness was just like normalized. Like wow. it was just really cool to read that. Cause again, even in other queer fantasy novels, it's like still like, Oh, the two women are together. I'm like, you made up this whole world and straightness is still the default. Like, come on. Like, no way. Like, dragons can be real, but gay people still have to be, like, like the minority. Like, Ooh, the queen likes a girl. I'm like, y'all, literally what? So, Cryer's War. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, I kind of get into that. I love that you said, you know, developing your own relationship to your queerness before even like before you start dating or if you're like too nervous to jump into the dating scene is that something I sometimes feel like I didn't like do for myself I kind of you know I my partner and I've known each other for a long time prior to dating now um and so I think I like just like jumped into the relationship and now sometimes I feel like you know even when we talk about being queer on the podcast I'm like I feel like I don't like maybe know what to say or have enough to say because I haven't like sometimes fully immersed myself in being a queer person. And I think that's like my own shit sometimes, but I really, I love that piece of advice, especially because people will ask us sort of like, you know, like, I don't know if I should start like just going and dating women or I don't know what to do. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to advise either. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, but I think that's that's a great way to like get yourself like kind of figuring out how you're feeling yeah. and getting a, a a taste of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Absolutely. I'd also recommend a lot of like audio erotica apps have mm. like the women with other women yeah. uh, options, and I totally. think that's a great option for exploring and getting more comfortable mm. with that because I know that was an aspect of it that I still do feel very insecure about. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think that's I mean, great. talking about insecurities, yeah. I think one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on the pod was because we relate to you so much as femme women um, who are queer. And, you know, I think this is something both Audrey and I have struggled with in our own ways. And, you know, I relate to your journey a lot and, you know, what you talk about on your TikTok and owning your feminist and your queerness at the same time. So can you like walk us through your journey like embracing your feminine queerness um like were there times where you felt like you had to you know dress or be a certain way for the queer community and how you like let that go if you did yeah oh my god yes if you scroll much further back on my tiktok you'll be like who what what are you wearing literally what (laughs) because when I first came out especially publicly and after I met my ex who was much more masked I just kind of had this she didn't make me feel pressured at all. Like, but I just felt this internal pressure of like, I should dress more mask because mm. I think it was almost like seeing that like people would look at her and recognize like, ah, oh, she's gay. And like, I'm just standing there like, well, so am I, but no one knows that. Like, I just so desperately wanted, I wanted people to look at me and just know because I like yes. was in the closet for so long and I was just like so proud of who I was. And I just wanted to feel affirmed and validated in that way. And like, so I dressed in men's clothing a lot more like hats. I stopped wearing makeup for a little bit, like just very much. 
I feel like I did need that part of my journey. I think it was helpful. And I think I explored a lot, but kind of just recognized like, oh, I in myself actually don't feel confident when I wear these clothes. Like I feel Mm. confident in the sense that people look at me and probably more times than not assume I am queer, but I myself just like as a little individual, like I don't feel my best in these clothes. And so, um, I started, you know, incorporating a lot more femme kind of clothing again. And I feel like even just when I moved to Sacramento this past September, like, I don't know if part of it was, again, because Portland's just kind of like weird and quirky and it is just very gay, like almost this pressure too of like, well, I'm now gay in Portland. I have to look gay. Like, you know, (laughs) and I was just like, oh, I like moved to California and I was like, wait, I love a crop top. Like I love a skirt. I love a sundress. Um, And I really just kind of re- found what felt good on me and recognizing like feminist also looks different on everyone and what yeah. they wear. And it's just been so nice. Like recognizing like people don't have to look at me and know for me to be valid because like, I know I'm gay, like at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, it took a little while, but I think, I think just recognizing that, you know, it, it should matter that I feel confident when I'm wearing, not like how other people perceive me kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. Honestly, when you said gay in Portland, the first thing that came to my head was that should be a music theater song. Gay in Portland. I'm sorry, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Just like that, it reminded me of, I don't know, of another song. Of Summer in Ohio from, I'm just thinking. <laughs> there's, some theater theater musical, there's a theater from a musical that's like, don't be gay in Ohio. Oh my like, God. <laughs> so I'm thinking of gay in Portland. As that's said, too funny. Yeah. But no, I get that. I mean, I still very much struggle with like, I know that this is the way that I like to dress and whatnot, but like, I struggle with still sometimes like not feeling a part of the club. And it is hard when like in queer spaces, it can at least be assumed that you're queer. But like, if I am out at like a regular place, like no girl is going to think I'm gay. Right. And that's frustrating. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like your Audrey's journey with it has been, because I think with me, at least right now, like I have my partner. And so I feel like it feels a little bit easier because I'm like I'm single as a Pringle, <laughs> except for Pringles aren't single. I'm way more single than a Pringle. Yeah. Way more. <laughs> Pringles are polyamorous, if anything. Literally. <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> but no, it's very frustrating. Is like someone who's trying to flirt. It's like, it's yeah. already hard enough to tell when a girl's flirting. And yes. it's like, can you even tell I'm gay? Right. Like, can you I even tell that you can flirt with me? Yes. Mm. Like, I literally had a girl at, uh, I was at, like, a queer event um, this past week. And at the end of our conversation, and, like, I'm historically bad at telling when people are flirting. I was really right. proud of myself. Same. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this girl is flirting with me. <laughs> and at the yep. end of the conversation, when I need to go back to my friend, she was like, by the way, I'm gay. I don't know if you are as well. And I was like, I am. <laughs> and as much as, like, that was awkward, I was like, I do appreciate it because yes. I was the whole time, it was my thought of like okay you're flirting with me yeah you're like flirting perfect with me. I was right yes yeah. totally that is one of the hardest things with being femme is when you're like not in a because the same historically I date people who just look a lot more queer outwardly and so then it's like I tag along and I'm like okay well you see that I'm on a date with this person you know you know I'm queer but then it's kind of like yeah when you're out in the world by yourself it's like wait like, I still want people to know. And I feel like I still yeah. get so many guys that hit on me. And I'm always just like, I'm gay, like really awkwardly. And they're just like, oh, I'm I always, I just like, I get so nervous. I just like blurted out. I'm like, I'm gay. And they're like, okay, dude. <laughs> I, my sister is also queer and she presents very gay. 
Yeah. Um, and she knows this about herself. And so when we go out <laughs> together, people like get that she is. And yeah. I'm like, notice me, Seymour. Yeah. I've so many times been like, what is something like, I wish we could go back to like back in the days and like old yes. Hollywood, they had like a secret handshake or something to yes. tell people you were gay. Or, like, How do you I said, like a little symbol. Like, yeah. Or there was like a sewing circle that you would be like, I'm a part of the sewing circle and, and you're gay or Wait, something like that. Yeah, and I'm yes. like, is there a ring I could wear where it could just like let Probably, everyone know actually. I'm gay? <laughs> I know somebody should invent that. Like really? Cause I feel like. But then that could be used in bad ways by bad people to find all the gay people. So sure. it's also sure. true. That's so we true. Have to be careful. I know. That's, nice. the, the, that's why we can't do that because yeah. people still hate gay people for some reason. <laughs> We're so joyous. I don't understand. It's yeah. just they're joyous. We're more <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. I know. I feel like on TikTok, there's like such an interesting discussion happening around like, you know, how we let people like them, queer women, let people know that we're gay. And there's like parts of me that like give into it. And there's parts of me that get really annoyed by it because I'm like, yeah. I just like want to be myself. And like, right. I don't want to have to stop doing certain things that like yes. I love to show that like, I am, I'm queer and I'm gay. Like, I, I feel like that's just like who I am. Like I was so self-conscious of my nails for so long. Just, yeah. Yes. The nails is are a huge thing for me. Like I'll, sometimes I'll still like feel it. People mm -hmm. like feeling that people are looking or like wondering. Yeah. And all I have to say is I have a wonderful partner that doesn't give a fuck. Okay. Yeah, and if they did, I would do something about it, but they yeah. don't. So I don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I, it's such this like push and pull within my inner self of like wanting to give in, but also being like, no, like I want to be myself, you know? Totally. That's so funny. It was literally when you started talking before you said the nails is I used to have also like get acrylics and I like love them for, you know, when I had them and I had so many people in my TikTok comments and they would be like, well, yeah, no one's going to know you're gay with that. Or like, oh, the reason that that guy didn't think you and your girlfriend were on a date was because of your nails. I'm like, a straight man is not smart enough to look at my nails and think I'm not gay. Like I'm holding her hands. That was annoying of him to think we weren't on a date. Like, and people would just get so weird in my comments. And I remember once this guy, and again, it's almost like a man. I'm like, yeah. why are you so concerned with a lesbian's nails? And I was just like, no, like my partner literally doesn't care. So leave that between my partner and I. And they were just like, well, obviously they're lying to you. Like, it's just because they love you and they're going to sit. And I'm like, shut, literally. It's just so annoying. I'm like, so so really be having the audacity yeah. to do anything. <laughs> I'm like, you're a man, first of all, so leave. My page is not for you. Second of all, why do you care? Like, why yeah. do you care? And it was one of those things where I was like, I no, just... I'm not going to get them off for you because it's so silly. It's yeah. also such a weirdly personal thing to go and ask I'm about because ask questions about it. It's very also reference to their sex life. It's yes. like, this is way too intimate. Don't fucking ask me about I this. I know. I'm like, that's Not actually weird to be commenting indirectly about my sex life in my TikTok comments. That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird. I didn't even think about that. I know. Yeah. I know. And, and honestly, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I think sometimes like when I think about my nails and what people think about them, I'm like, do people think I am therefore bad at having sex because <laughs> of my nails? Literally. Literally no. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking about. And I'm like, I I don't think I am. Like, I <laughs> like, I promise like, you, if my like, partner seriously, yeah, if my partner seriously had an issue and was like, your fucking yes. nails hurt, I'd be like, I'll rip these suckers off. Like, right be, now. <laughs> yeah, like, it'd be sad, but, like, you know, I love them enough that I don't want to hurt them all. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that. Like, you're not going to 
have a breakup in your long-term relationship. Oh, and I know Olivia broke up with me because of my nails. Oh my god, I'm literally, literally so funny. <laughs> just, just so queer girl funny. things. Just, literally, I know it's funny. It's funny. My mom doesn't even like think about those those things because remember when we were gonna Audrey and I this month were thinking about getting our nails done and doing like the whole like two finger thing, which I'm yes. doing the wrong fingers anytime I show people it, yeah. <laughs> and it's really making me seem very pathetic. <laughs> and I told you, I was like, I am too afraid to do that because of Your my parents. About it, yeah. I was like, my parents would ask about it, and then I would have to be like. We'll do it someday Think, when you don't live at home. Yeah, we'll do it when I'm yeah, not living there. We go. Yes, that's so funny. My mom once she texted me and she was like, "Why do people keep commenting about your nails?" And I was like, "Oh," and so I kind of just played it off because my dad was in the room. I was like, "Oh, they just you know because it's like too girly, whatever." She's like, "Okay." And then she, like, a few months later, like texted me again, and she was like. I'm just so confused about that. And finally, I was like, hey, mom. I was like, so think a little harder about, like, how maybe two girls might have sex. And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, so that's, like, weird that people are commenting that. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. She's like, that's weirder than I thought. And I was like, exactly, mom. Also, like, I've seen a lot of men with very nasty nails. And I've never commented on you. Like, how dare you put this outside of your like, freaking dirt up there. Yeah. Crazy-ass uh-huh. shit that could, like, cause bacterial infection. like a fucking Shrek over here. Like, <laughs> you're like, Seriously. They just oh know we're God. still better even with long ass nails on. So literally, like come <laughs> on. Come nails on. longer than their dick. <laughs> <laughs> literally. That's why they're self-conscious. <laughs> I was way too proud of myself for that not very good joke. You're like, I was yeah. also proud of you. I laughed really hard. So. <laughs> And we know that you're, you know, you do a lot of self-care and self-love coaching. Yeah. And so, you know, can you just let us into a couple of practices that you love um, to do for self-love and self-care? Oh my God. Yes. I'm like, how do I choose? I think one of the first ones is just like movement and mm. in a very like flexible way. Like I used to be super obsessed with movement and like, it was more of like a punishment sort of thing. And yeah. now it's like a, the biggest form I feel like of like self-love I have. And I'm a big like hot yoga girl. It's just like being in the space in the studio I go to is just very like spiritual and grounded. And I just like always love the music. And I feel like taking time for that. It's just like a huge self-care practice for me as well as dance. I love dancing and just like yeah. it moves my body the most and just like gets or like gets my energy. Like not like actual, you know what I'm trying to say? Like yes. I have too much yeah. energy like from other people. I'm like, that's how I like let it out. So that's a big one. Um, and then another big one is like my morning routine. I love the mornings and just like having time before I have to like start work or like be making TikToks yeah. or, you know, having calls or whatever, just taking the time to like meditate and journal and read and just really like check in with myself. I feel like is the, it's just like changed my life so much because it really helped me just stay really grounded in who I am and like where I'm at that day. And I kind of then can know moving throughout my day what I need. And I don't just feel so like scattered all the time. Yeah, I love that. We literally just recorded an episode that's going to come out after yours about like the, you know, like checking in with yourself six months into the year and stuff. And I was saying that like, I need to add more of that practice into my life of like really just like having a moment of solitude and, and having a moment with my own thoughts, because I am one of those people that just like goes right into like work and things and life and it can, it can hurt yourself at the end of the day. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And how do you feel like you show yourself like self-love as a queer person? Yeah, I think a big thing with that is just like really working on my relationship with myself. So like giving Mm -hmm. myself that time to, you know, really explore who I am and like, what does queerness mean to me? And also, again, like engaging with positive queer media and like fostering queer friendships and like putting myself out there and going to queer events and things like that even if again, I'm going alone or I don't have a partner at the time. Um, Cause I know that's a big thing people have asked me about of like, how do I learn to love myself as a queer person when there's no like love involved, like in mm. a relationship? Interesting. Um, Cause I think a lot of the time we think of queerness, we right away go like, oh, well it's about who I'm attracted to. And it's, yeah, but it's also like just about who you are. So I feel like just taking time to really continue like developing who I am and like just understanding who I am, I think is like a really big piece of it. Yeah, that's a great point. I feel like that is that is true. The the connection of like queerness with like being in a relationship with yeah. somebody um, who is also queer and, and not really looking as like at you the queer individual. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, our last and final question for you is something that we ask all of our yeah. guests, and so we are curious: when is a recent time that you felt clueless? It can be as small as like, hey, how often are you meant to empty your vacuum cleaner to as big as like, "Mm, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing with life. Yep. I will say this season of life is like my clueless just season of life. So it's literally (laughs) perfect. Um, Yeah, literally. Oh my God. Well, my partner and I that I lived with, we broke up a few months ago. And so (laughs) just kind of shook up where I was like, no, like this part of my life is on track. Like we live together, like whatever. Right. So that kind of just... I was like, oh, I have like no plans now. And that is so weird and scary because I was just kind of going to float around with you because I work for myself, you know, like I I definitely was kind of like, well, I just like need my laptop. So I'll go where you go, whatever. And so kind of having all the options open up again of like, do I want to stay in Sacramento? Because like I moved for her job. Do I want to not? Do I want to, what the, like literally what the fuck do I do? Um, (laughs) And it took a lot of like tears and whatever. And I still, I've decided I'm going to be going home for the summer. Nice. Live. Washington on the beach and I was like why not I need to like take a breather because it was just totally I felt so clueless I was like trying to look at apartments trying to look like should I move states should I do a work away like just too many options or I was like I need to choose the like least scared like the easiest most gentle option right now and yeah from there we'll figure it out but it's like still just no clue where life's going to take me and I'm trying to see that as exciting I'm such a yeah. planner so my brain is like that is not exciting like, <laughs> we want to know but I'm like you know, moving to Sacramento wasn't in the plan at first and that ended up being awesome. And I made so many awesome friends. So I'm trying to just kind of see it that like, maybe it's okay to be a little bit clueless right now and have literally no fucking clue. Um, yeah. Cause I'm sure good things will come out of it always does, but yeah, just floating along a little bit right now. So for anyone listening, even in your late twenties, sometimes you just have no clue what's going on. Truly, truly. I feel like <laughs> at any time we talk about like on socials, you know, being 20 and being clueless, we get yeah. all the people coming up in the comments being like, honey, it never goes yeah. away. Amazing. So, <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. They do say it gets better. It gets, never yeah. goes away, but it doesn't get better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all that matters. Love it. Yeah. But I love that. That's such an amazing, I hope you have an amazing yeah. summer at Thank home. You. you know, we were just talking about, this is reminding me of talking about like, you know, taking small steps mm-hmm. and, you know, finding the small step that will work for you and, and is achievable for you at the yeah. time instead of, you know, making the big lofty, you know, goal or something and, and how it can feel good to, you know, make the, the small step toward, you know, the bigger thing. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And not having shame in that of like, 
Yeah. yeah. I think it's just, you know, in my head, I was like, I had a breakup. I have to do something wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. Go like, you know, have my, what is that movie? Eat, pray, the, love. Eat, pray, love. Yeah. Like have my eat, pray, love moment. So, and I'm like, actually, maybe you should just calm down for a minute and not go like backpack around Europe. Like maybe you need to just like <laughs> sit in your like parents' guest house for like a summer and just chill out. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I get that. I feel that. I feel like I've been having conversations with friends mm-hmm. um, who, you know, like I had a friend of a uh, conversation with a friend last night who was like, you know, I want to just like go home after this and like read my book and go to bed. But yeah. like, I'm in my young, like in my like mid twenties, like, is that weird to me? I'm like, no, it's not. Like, if that's what you want, like, go read your book in your bed. Like, yes. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all go through ebbs and flows of like, you know, wanting to go out with friends and then, you know, wanting to have your peaceful nights at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, you figure out what works for you. And if people have something to say about that, that's their problem. Exactly. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was so much fun. Yeah. I haven't laughed this hard in a, in a hot second. This My was so much fun. Like smiling. This yeah, I know. I'm like, can you tell the people where they can follow you? Yes. Yeah, so on Instagram and TikTok, it's the same. It's, it's Natalie Cass. Um, and then also YouTube, it's Natalie Cass. I'm going to start YouTubing again once I move home. So that's exciting. Yay! But uh, yeah, those are so the main, main spots. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. We hope you all enjoyed that interview as much as we did. I know. Honestly, that nail moment was just everything to me. That is all I needed this Pride Month. Like, I'm not even fucking kidding you. Once we wrapped recording, I looked at Audrey and I was like, I just like love queer people because they're ma- better than straight people is what my response was. <laughs> that was And I response. mean that with no hate, hate or ill intention to straight people. And I'm sure there are some straight people listening. Know that I'm like... 90% kidding. <laughs> I just think it feels so nice when you can talk to somebody who really understands yes. your experiences and she just gets it. And I think, you know, her talking about her journey with like loving pink and ballet and like and dance and, you know, still being queer and that still being valid. It just like really hits home for me and really makes me feel valid in my own identity. So thank you, Natalie, so much for coming on the podcast. Bye. Yes. And we hope you guys have an amazing Tuesday. But before you go, if you have haven't followed us on Instagram, you can find us there at completely fucking clueless. And on TikTok and Instagram at completely F C K I N G clueless. Not Instagram on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Instagram. But yeah, follow us on all the things. Please don't forget to like rate, review, subscribe, follow all of the send things. to a friend. Yeah, send to your queer friends. Send to, uh, to to any older people listening to this. All older people seem to know one gay person. Send this to the one gay person. <laughs> Don't do that. Actually, I'm taking <laughs> this. <laughs> okay. Anyway, have an amazing week, everybody, and do not forget to be motherfucking clueless. And happy end of pride. Yes. Happy end of pride. Woo! Go Venmo your gay friends a few money. Yes. If any of my friends want to send me some money for Pride next weekend, I would greatly appreciate it. Because shit be expensive. If you're really an ally, you're you'll send me money. money. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, kisses from mommy. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.